<sighs> okay, here we go. There are five excellent movements that you can do almost anywhere at almost any time to help you get strong and fit. No gym memberships, no stretchy pants required. And that is what we're going to get into in this episode. My name is Brock Armstrong. Welcome to Second Wind Fitness. But before we get started. As you've probably noticed, this podcast is no longer in production, but there are so many people who are still listening to each episode and reaching out to me for advice and help and support that I've decided to keep the dream and this podcast alive, which means I'm paying a few maintenance fees out of my pocket. And I don't mean to make this sound like a woe is me kind of affair, because it is indeed a pleasure to have created something that is being appreciated. But... If you felt so inclined, you could go to brockarmstrong.com slash coffee to, yes, as it sounds, buy me a virtual coffee. And since coffee is easily my biggest vice, I'm what you would call a coffee snob, if you buy me a coffee, I can pay my hosting fees with all the coffee money that I save. So win-win situation here. So go to brockarmstrong.com slash coffee and help keep this podcast and my fancy coffee habit alive. That's brockarmstrong.com slash coffee. The five key body movements which I would love to see all of us modern, convenience-loving, chair-dwelling, workaday grumblers incorporating into our lives are push-ups, pull-ups, squats, planks, and rotations. And don't worry, I'll explain those. And yeah, before you even at me, as the kids say, at least I think they're still saying that, I know many of you are probably thinking, but Brock, I can't even do one push-up, or I haven't even tried to do a pull-up since college. Well, never fear. You don't have to be a push-up master, nor do you have to break the world's record for the longest-held plank, which was set by a 62-year-old, by the way. You don't have to be any of that to start doing these movements right now. You just need to be realistic about where you are right now on your very own fitness journey. And this probably won't come as a surprise, I say this a lot, you need to shake that all-or-nothing attitude. So let's start with this. There's a great quote from a Nigerian poet that goes like this. Start now. Start where you are. Start with fear. Start with pain. Start with doubt. Start with hands shaking. Start with voice trembling. But start. Start and don't stop. Start where you are and with what you have. Just start. I love that. I, I think many of us need to apply this particular philosophy to our lives in general, but specifically to our fitness planning. Sure, we're surrounded by workout devices that say, do 15 reps of this exercise or do three sets of that exercise. But what do you do if you can't even do one? Or maybe none. Well, you modify the movement and start where you are, not where the internet says you should be, not where some guy in a podcast says you should be, but where you are right now on your very own fitness journey. So, okay, with that in mind, let's break down these five key movements into some manageable versions that we can all do, starting with push-ups. 
So many push-up beginners go straight to what's called the knee push-ups, where you don't go on the ends of your feet, you go down to your knees, because, well, they're more accessible than the regular push-ups or military-style push-ups. But you know what? I think that putting your knees down on the ground actually changes the geometry of your body too much. When you place your knees on the ground, you're basically changing the length of your fulcrum and the angle of your lever. And you know what? That kind of messes with how much your glutes and your abs are involved. Now, don't get me wrong. I think knee push-ups are a fine exercise, but they're different. They're a different exercise than what we were after right here with the push-ups. So I think a better way to ease yourself into push-ups is to perform wall or incline push-ups. Now, to perform a wall push-up, you basically just stand facing a wall with your toes a couple of feet away from the wall, place your hands against the wall, and do the push-up movement. To do incline push-ups, you put your feet on the floor and plant your hands on a table or a countertop or a chair or a stair or anything else that raises you above ground level and do the push-up movement there. Both of these make the push-up movement easier, but keep that geometry more similar. Then, as you get stronger and start to master that push-up movement, you can move your hands to a surface that is closer and closer to the ground. So maybe you start on the wall, then you move to the counter, then you move to a chair, then you move to a stair. Eventually, you will get down to the ground. And I would say that once you can do 10 or 12 push-ups comfortably at any particular height, doesn't matter how high or how low, once you do that, then you're ready to move to that next lower position. If you are already a push-up master, or once you have turned yourself into a push-up master, you can make the regular old push-up a little bit harder by doing a decline push-up or by adding a resistance band into the mix. So to perform a decline push-up, you do the opposite of an incline push-up, obviously. Instead of putting your hands on the raised platform, you put your feet up on one, and you can keep raising it up and up again and again until, well, until you're doing a handstand, but that's a whole different exercise. But to perform a resistance band push-up, you get yourself into that push-up position, place a length of resistance band across your back, and hold on to each end in each hand. And depending on how tightly you wrap that band, you will not only be fighting gravity during the push-up, but you'll also be fighting the resistance from the elastic. So you can see how that can make it harder and harder. But again, start where you are, whether that's going straight into the resistance band decline push-up or starting with a wall push-up, wherever you are. Now the next exercise is the pull-up. Now, yes, this is one of the exercises that people love to hate because when you can't do them, you can't even fathom how you could ever do them. You just sort of dangle there from the bar, grunting and straining with very little movement and then eventually, of course, give up. Now, if you haven't done a pull-up since high school or perhaps ever, here's how I propose that you learn. And yes, it is okay to use that underhand grip as well, if you prefer. That's technically called a chin-up, not a pull-up, but they are easier to learn and easier to master. And you know what? If you do those, you don't ever have to worry about your biceps because they're going to look great. <laughs> now, okay, here's my pull-up progression advice. 
First of all, keep your pull-up bar as low to the ground as you can, like around shoulder height would do. So you're able to keep your feet on the ground throughout the entire pull-up. Now, if that is not possible, then place a chair under the bar that you can stand on. Then do as many of these self-assisted pull-ups as you can, making sure that you're giving yourself enough assistance that you can move through the range of motion, but not so much that you're not actually using your arms at all. Then make sure to rest for 60 or 90 seconds and do another set. If you can do this three or five times a week, then you're doing really well. Then make sure you challenge yourself by switching the load from your legs to your arms more and more. Remember that the best and fastest way to build muscle is to use that muscle to failure. Then let it recover then take it to failure again. And when I say failure, I mean you can't actually do the movement another time. You're just sort of like, I can't do it. Then after a few weeks, move that bar higher or move the chair out of the way and attempt a full body weight pull-up. If you still can't do one, that's okay. Use your legs to get to the top of the movement where your chin is just over the bar and then focus on simply lowering yourself using only your arms. Now this is called an eccentric contraction or an eccentric movement, and it is a great way to build strength. And you can learn a whole bunch about that from my friend and biomechanist Katie Bowman. I'll put a link in the show notes over at brockarmstrong.com slash five movements. That's F-I-V-E movements. Now, after you've done that eccentric movement for a while, try doing a full body weight pull up again. Now, once you can actually do three full body weight pull-ups, move that bar to a proper height, banish the chair, you are ready to practice that movement. Stick to the same schedule as you did before, so at least five sets per week of as many pull-ups as you can muster, even if that last set is only two. That's okay. A single, noisy, ugly pull-up is still worth doing you will start to see gains faster and faster now. And if you practice this a few times a day, spread out over the day, it's actually a technique that's called grease the groove. And it's been proven to be very effective to build those neuromuscular connections and make you progress a little bit faster, again, without having to go to the gym or change your clothes or break up your day. It's really great. And my final tip is to keep at it. You can't just do this for a few weeks and then stop. And also remember that your chin really ought to come over top of the bar for it to be a real pull-up. So make that your goal, to move all the way from your chin being over the bar to almost straight arms. Not quite straight arms, but almost there. Now, again, if you're already a pull-up master, you can add some weight to your body to make it harder. You can invest in some belts that are built specifically for this process, or you can simply clutch a dumbbell between your thighs. I've seen this many times. Now, personally, I've never done it. I've never been so good at pull-ups I needed to add weight. I just added reps, so um, I'm sort of just speaking from things that I've seen. But you know what? I, I like that dumbbell method because it adds some isometric leg contraction as well as adding weight to your pull-up. So it's kind of a win-win. But most of us don't need to worry about that. Now, let's move on to squats. Remember that you should squat in whatever way feels most comfortable to you. As you get better at the squatting movement, your aim should be to improve your form and your positioning. But please, 
don't force your body into any position that it isn't ready for. That might mean that you squat with a narrow stance, or like me, with a wider stance. Maybe your toes are pointing straight forward in a nice parallel position, or maybe, again, like me, they're rotated out a little bit. Now, not too much. We aren't ducks. Just a little bit of rotation is okay. Let your own personal skeleton be your guide. Also, remember to focus on range of motion first rather than immediately trying to squat with some heavy load. As long as you can maintain good form, squatting deeper with a lighter barbell or kettlebell or no weight at all is actually better for you than loading up a shallow and stiff squat. Now, if you haven't squatted in (laughs) forever, start by simply sitting down on a chair and then standing back up again. Don't pause too long on the chair, though. Rebound up and out of your chair so you develop those muscles faster. Also, keep your back nice and tall, your neck long and straight, and your eyes up on the horizon. Don't let your body collapse or slouch while you're doing this. Then again, Once you can do, let's say, 10 or 12 and you're feeling comfortable and strong, move away from the chair and do air or body weight squats. And make sure you focus on using that same posture, nice long neck and back, looking at the horizon, the stuff that you practiced while you were using a chair. And your goal now is to just simply increase the depth of your squat over time. Now, this is important too. The more vertical that your shins are during the squat with your knees stacked directly over your ankles and the more untucked your pelvis is, the more of your glutes you will use. We want to use our glutes, so keep those shins as vertical as possible and that pelvis nice and aligned. Don't tip it too far under or too far back. Also, How deep you can get yourself into a squat depends on a few things. Your own personal depth is based on how well you can keep your shins and pelvis in that correct position. Now, I've still got a couple of movements left, but I want to remind you that I have put videos for pretty much everything I've talked about so far in the show notes over at brockarmstrong.com slash five movements. So go over there to really get an idea of what I'm talking about. I put a bunch of videos in there. Now, before we continue, it's time to pay our membership fees. Do you like to shop on amazon.com and enjoy supporting this podcast? You do? Well, have I got a deal for you. If you start your Amazon shopping adventure by going to brockarmstrong.com slash Amazon, I will get a small percentage of the money that you spend. And the best part is that you don't pay anything extra. This all comes out of their pockets. Take that, Bezos. So next time you buy anything on Amazon, go to brockarmstrong.com Amazon and shop while also supporting this podcast. I truly thank you for being a listener and for your support. That's brockarmstrong.com Amazon. All right, our next movement is planks. Now, I highly recommend that you go and watch a video that I put in the show notes, like I just mentioned at brockarmstrong.com slash five movements. If you have never done one of these before, it's really great to watch a video first. I'll also link to a great video from my friend um, Abby Carver from Yoga 15, if you want to learn from her 
Either way, it's probably really helpful if you're not sure what you're doing. But for those of you who prefer to learn from me talking, which hopefully you all enjoy to a certain extent, otherwise you wouldn't be listening. Well, here's how you do a plank. So first of all, you lay face down on the floor on a soft mat or on a rug or whatever makes you more comfortable. Then place your elbows directly under your shoulders and align your wrists with your elbows. Then push your body up so you create a nice straight and flat line from your toes to the top of your head. Then keep your chin in close to your neck. Think about holding a tennis ball under your chin so it doesn't drop out. Then engage your abs, which doesn't mean sucking it in. It's more just sort of an active engagement, like you're about to be punched in the stomach or something like that. And then squeeze your glutes or your tailbone as well and your thigh muscles simultaneously so you're good and solid. Then breathe normally. Don't forget to breathe. That's a very common mistake. Then hold this plank position for a few seconds at first and increase that duration over time. Then rest and repeat. It's as simple as that. And of course, you can do many, many variations, and I'll put a video that demonstrates a bunch of them in the show notes. But really, that's planking. That's it. But here's some things to keep in mind. Keep your back flat and your bum tucked in so you're not sticking your bum up above everything else. That'll get your core working the way it should. Then keep your neck in a nice neutral position and your eyes down on the floor. Don't look at your reflection in a mirror or stare at your yoga neighbor or whatever. Keep your eyes down on the floor. Then keep your breathing deep and slow. Breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth. This can really help actually extend the amount of time you can hold yourself in the plank position, amazingly enough. Now, if you can already hold a plank for minutes on end, you may want to make them harder by lifting a hand off the ground or lifting a foot off the ground or doing things called plank taps where you tap alternating feet or tap alternating hands on the ground. There are all kinds of ways to make this exercise more challenging. Now, finally, rotations. And I saved this one for the end because it's probably the least familiar movement of the bunch. A rotation is simply your ability to twist your core all the way from your pelvis to your rib cage, and it's often a very overlooked movement. And I think overlooking this one is a huge mistake, because when we walk, every step we take involves a rotation of the thoracic spine. When we run, that rotation is increased. When we use a broom to clean up a mess, we also involve rotation of the core and spine. And the list goes on. We really need this to be strong and capable. So as a matter of injury prevention, I suggest training your rotation to keep it supple and keep it strong. Now, my four favorite rotation exercises are wood choppers, Russian twist, side plank rotation, and resistance band trunk rotations. And again, there'll be a video in the show notes at brockarmstrong.com slash five movements. But here we go with wood choppers first. Now, wood choppers can be done with or without weight. Now, I suggest starting without a weight. Just do this with your bare hands. Now, to do a wood chopper, you start by squatting and twisting to, let's say, the left, holding your hands or the dumbbell eventually on the outside of your left leg. Then lift the weight diagonally across your body until you're twisted to the right with your hands or the dumbbell above your head. Then lower and twist the weight back down to that starting position. Now that is one rep. You do this several times and make sure to do it on both sides, of course. 
Now, the second exercise is the Russian twist, and this can be done, again, with a dumbbell or without or with a medicine ball or with no weight at all or with a bottle of Javex bleach if the lid is on tight, <laughs> anything like that. I suggest, again, starting with no weight, just your bare hands. Now, to do a Russian twist, you sit down in that quintessential sit-up position with your knees bent and your feet flat on the floor. Then holding your hands or the thing that you're holding just out in front of your chest, you sit back until you can't go any further without tipping over backwards. Then exhale and twist to, let's say, the left first, allowing your right arm to cross over to the left side of your body. Then inhale and twist back to center. Then twist to the right in the same way, then back to center. That's your Russian twist. The next one was the side plank rotation, which you can also do with a light weight in your top arm if you want to, but that's honestly pretty advanced. I don't do that particularly often, so use caution if you decide you want to try that. But to do a side plank rotation, you drop to the ground and get on, let's say, your right side in the side plank position. So you're up on your elbow or your hand if you really want to and your feet on the ground making a nice straight line between your toes and the top of your head. Then you reach for the sky with your upper hand and then reach that upper hand down to the ground and thread it through the space between your ribs and the floor. Then twist back up to neutral and reach for the sky again. Do this back and forth until your abs start to burn or start to give out or you start to shake or whatever sign of fatigue you're looking for. Then turn over and do the other side. And finally, trunk rotations. Now this can either be done with a resistance band tied to something really sturdy, as I'll describe in a minute, or you can also do it with one of those cable machines if you have one at the gym. So to do a resistance band trunk rotation, you anchor again that resistance band at about chest height to something nice and sturdy. I use the arm on my treadmill, but you can use furniture, you can tie it to whatever you need. Then you grab onto the end that isn't tied to the sturdy thing, grab it with both hands and step away from whatever it's anchored to until the elastic is just starting to stretch. Then extend your arms out in front of you and twist your torso away from that anchored object until your arms are straight out to the other side. Then reverse the motion in a nice, slow, and controlled movement. Don't let that resistance band just pull you back. Resist it and move nice and slow. Now once you have fatigued that side, it's time to change sides and do that all again. We want to stay nice and balanced. So there you go. Those are the five most excellent movements. And by adding these five awesome key movements a few times a week into an otherwise active and movement-filled lifestyle, this is a great way to stay fit and mobile. Finding some time in your day for these movements will also help keep you safe and injury-free to the most part. You can't control for everything, but when you go hiking or when you're swimming or you're cycling or you're jogging or you're dancing or you're walking or just generally having a fun and mobile life. And the best part of these exercises is, once again, that they don't take a lot of time. They don't require expensive gear or involve going to a smelly gym. Unless, of course, you like that type of thing. Now, my name is Brock Armstrong. Thanks for listening to Second Wind Fitness. I'll be back again soon.